Um, Why? Well, because Why? it was, it was, it was, oh my God. it was, hang on. Welcome to Loud and Seemingly Confident, the podcast for introverts, extroverts, and everyone in between. I'm your host, Chelsea Heaney, and our guest today is an extremely talented actor, dancer, model, and today he is, he is here to talk about his experience as a male stripper. Please welcome to the show, Jake Fraser. Ooh, thanks for having me. No worries. I'm blushing already. Oh my goodness. <laughs> now, um, I'm excited to have you here again because we did try and record this a couple of weeks mm-hmm. ago and mm. uh my microphone wouldn't work because i'm still pretty new at this but i fixed it yep we're back so it's um all good. i'll be really pissed if we get to the end of this like 45 minutes and then yeah. i go listen to it for some last, reason last it's not working get, so. yeah exactly um but yeah thank you so much for being here no uh and I'll just start us off straight away. When did you first start stripping and how'd you get into it? Uh, it was a few years ago now, maybe five or six mm-hmm. years ago. Um, I'd started off just topless waitering, just as a bit of fun. Yeah. A bit of side money, um, way to keep out of trouble on the weekends, really. <laughs> and I had to actually um, strip for a, a friend of mine's party first. And that was my first strip. Yeah. And I thought, oh, might as well do it because it's, you know, an experience. I can always then say, oh, I did that that one time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just ended up loving it. So... That's awesome. So yeah. that friend, did they just sort of say to you, hey, do you want to come strip at my Yeah, well, it was a friend of a friend. Or? So they were like, oh, I've got a friend who needs a who needs a stripper. Like, would you do it? And I was like, oh, God, okay. <laughs> and then, yeah, just snowballed after that and just, yeah. Yeah. Fell in love with it, really. That's really cool. So you now work for Young Guns. Were they the first sort of stripping company that you started working for? Um, no, they're the, they're my most recent. So yeah. there's been maybe four or five companies throughout the seven mm-hmm. years, um, many at the same time, because basically a sole trader yeah. and selling myself. So whoever has the work, they yeah. give you the contract and you go perform for them really. Um, but Young Guns is, is the one that I've sort of stuck with uh, the longest now. Mm-hmm. And uh, in many ways sort of, it's taken that next step because we do a lot of uh, live stage shows yeah. um, where, where, you know, women buy tickets to come to the show instead of also for private gigs, like yeah. fans parties and stuff. So it's actually a completely different uh, vibe and, and show really. Like yeah. I've got two completely different shows for private gig and a, and a stage show. So yeah. Um, yeah, that's really brought me out of my... Uh, brought me into yeah. my sort of thing, so it's good. And how do you how do you get into a company? Do you have to do an audition? Do you just take your shirt off and they go yes? Um, <laughs> well, with, with this one, I sort of saw that they were doing started doing shows in Canberra. Um, yeah. So I messaged him directly and went, "Hey, look, I'm a stripper in Canberra. Would love to come and you know see how you guys work." Mm-hmm. Um, and the first few shows that they did, I was just topless waitering while they had their main right. performers go. Yeah. And um, even from day one though, he's like, "Oh, do you want to?" you know, you might as well just get up and do a show, you know, first, first night. And I was like, Oh, look, I'll see how you guys do it first. Cause it was a completely different yeah. experience to what I was used to. Um, but yeah, since my first show, you know, my boss when I came off stage and he goes, dude, that was the best first show I've ever seen. That's awesome. Um, it sounds like it's a really yeah. supportive environment. Yeah. It's pretty good. I mean, it's much like theater and yeah. Yeah, same sort of vibe in the sense that, you know, you've got a crowd cheering for you when yeah. you perform. Um, fine with you know it's got a lot of stigma against it being a stripper yeah uh, but being a male stripper especially for the shows um you know it is a performance yeah it's it's you know there's 
dancing you've got to choreograph a whole routine it's mm. it's performance based you know i do flips and tricks and it's not just about oh, i'm naked now it's, yeah. it's the process to get there yeah and yeah a lot of girls um say afterwards all oh, their favorite parts you know all the dancing and stuff so yeah yeah it is just a full-on performance so yeah it's good and like you're talking about there is that that bit of a stigma um i think probably more so for women than it is for men but there is still a stigma how have friends and family reacted when they found out you're a stripper i've got the best friends and family, so <laughs> honestly... I was so excited mate, when I found out. I yeah. was like, that is the coolest thing I've yeah, ever you got to drop it occasionally, and like <laughs> people that don't know, they're like, oh, that's sick, and you know, my work knows, like my main day job knows, so, yeah. and they're, they're all fine with it. They make jokes about hiring me for work events yeah. and stuff, so everyone I know is cool with it, um, yeah. but you do meet a lot of people that, I guess, just have a different way of looking at things, and yeah. you know, you get a lot of... You know, if I meet meet people out, you know, I, they find out I'm a stripper. You know, a lot of girls say, oh, there's no way I'd let my boyfriend be a stripper. And I'm kind of just like, well, that's why there's no way I'd ever be your boyfriend <laughs> yeah. sort of thing. So, yeah. you know, I mean, I've got a partner. Um, had a Who's partner. amazing. A few years, yeah, fucking so good. Love her. <laughs> and she's so supportive with anything yeah. I do. And while I stripped before I met her, she's still super supportive with it yeah. now. So she encourages me to do it all as well. And, I mean, we just have trust. So yeah, what exactly. more do you want? That's awesome. Mm. Um, now, you talked about the stage shows. Now, I've never been to one of your stage shows. I was hoping to get to come to one before we did this interview, but mm. obviously COVID has made that a bit difficult. Yes. Um, but I'm basically imagining like American movies. Is it, you know, pulling people up on stage? We don't have $1 bills, so do people just like throw coins at you? It's, <laughs> it's not quite as... um as it is in like Magic Mike, the movies sort yeah. of thing. Um, very similar in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, in Canberra, we do our shows at Wonderlust. So they've got their stages in the middle. Uh-huh. And it's like a 360-degree stage. So everyone sits oh, around the outside. Cool. Which is cool because you can perform to one side, yeah. turn around, perform there. You're up real high. So everyone's sort of like, yeah, head, head height is where you're, you're performing. Um, because people are paying for the experience. They're paying a ticket to come. Yeah. When they get in there, you they can buy, um, we call them stripper dollars. And basically in between the the acts and the games and stuff, they are, they can use the stripper dollars to get a lap dance off any of the waiters, any yeah. of the performers get on stage, give them a lap dance. And they use the, the fake stripper dollars Strange that they buy. Yeah. Um, Cause if it that, was $5 a pop, that'd be, that's it. Well, and then, I mean, at the end of the nights we do, we do, uh, sort of a bit more raunchier strips yeah. um, in the private booths. And that's like a bit more expensive, but again, no one's like just there throwing cash at the stage and stuff. Yeah. Because there's other, there's things to actually buy, you know, the souvenirs you can buy and stuff. So that's awesome. Yeah. When you go, they buy like hats and stuff. And if you have a hat, then you might get pulled on the stage to, uh, to okay. as part of the acts or one yeah. of the games. But in terms of the performance, yeah, it's, it's similar. You know, you come out, you do a routine. Yeah. I get two different girls up during my routine to do different activities and stuff. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. How do you, so I have always, um, enjoyed when I'm like researching for something, I will always find an excuse to watch a movie that's not entirely related. So for example, when I studied the Russian revolution in high school, I watched Anastasia. And when I studied the French revolution, I watched the Aristocats. And so last night I watched Magic Mike. Um, and I messaged a friend. I was like, so I'm interviewing Jake tomorrow. Does watching Magic Mike count as research and they were absolutely Hell yeah it does um how do you feel about movies like that and um, how they maybe change the perception of how people see stripping i mean channing tatum's the man so yes magic mike is obviously an amazing movie mm-hmm. um me watching it it's kind of hard because he's such a good dancer and as are you 
Yeah, in a very different <laughs> way. Like he can just move. He can just do anything and move yeah. sort of thing. Like it's a very different style show. Um, I can dance, but I need to be choreograph something and right. then do it. I can't just kind of make it up on the spot yeah. like he can. Um, but I mean, those movies were probably both the best and worst thing for the industry in terms yeah. of it really brought the male stripper industry out of its cocoon and made mm. everyone aware of it. Everyone wants them for their hens parties because they've seen Magic Mike. They yeah. want it like Magic Mike, which is great for business. The offset is they all want it to be like Magic Mike. Mm. And there's such a high expectation to have that sort of level of uh, performance and, yeah. and quality to it, which uh, it is different. It, it is a movie, so it is unrealistic in, in those sort of terms, yeah. but then it is also possible. So Yeah. Um, Now, you mentioned also, um, you know, the private parties and and the topless waiting. Do you prefer the onstage shows or those more private types Um, of gigs? They're both so different. I mean, I love the onstage shows because it is more of a performance, Mm -hmm. a bit more dancey, and you've got your whole routine set out. Um, The private gigs are fun in a different way because they are a lot more personal. Um, Throughout my shows, I get at least... 10 of the bride's friends up to do activities and, and yeah. a bit of dancing and all that. So everyone gets involved. Everyone's laughing. Like yeah. at the end, they always go, oh, I've never laughed that much in my life. They're always, you know, super excited. So you're there to make like the pump yeah. the night up. And that's yeah. a, that's an awesome feeling too. Um, the private gigs are where the money's at as well. So that's fair. Yeah. you can make five times as much money in the same amount of time wow. doing private gigs than doing a stage show, which is also a bonus. But yeah. at the same time, I think I like the stage shows more. It's, you get more pumped up. Like. Yeah. And when you do like the hens gigs or something, is it normally just you? Is it a pair or? No, uh, it's, I've only ever just done me. Yeah. You know, don't take any security. Don't take a driver. Yeah. I, I like to think <laughs> if, if it came down to it, if I absolutely had to, I'd be able to fight my way out of there. If I had to as a last resort. <laughs> so I don't think I need a security guard. Um, whereas, you know, if a girl goes, you know, yeah, yeah. maybe take someone to, yeah. to ease it down. Yeah. I'm all meant, do you have like a second stripper? Do you ever do like as a duo? We have talked about, um, with me and my boss doing a couple of like duo shows and stuff yeah. like that. Um, it's hard cause I'm the only one based in Canberra. Um, oh, okay. They're actually a Wollongong based company right. that travels all around Australia. Um, but makes it hard to then go, okay, let's get a routine together for a start. Yeah. And then actually booking it. Yeah. Um, and it just depends on the type of event as well. I mean, it's it is it's costly for one. Yes. Add two to that. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, and you started out topless waiting. Now, I wanted to bring this up in a previous episode I recorded with a friend of mine. We discussed how um, wait staff must be like one of the most rejected um, industries because everyone flirts with them because they're bringing them food, mm. but they never wants to follow through. As a topless waiter, mm-hmm. are you constantly being flirted with? Well, definitely. I mean, you're not bringing them food, you bring them drinks. Yeah, so that's true. They're getting even, they're getting even rowdier. <laughs> and it, I find um, if, if I go to a show and I'm, you know, private gig and I'm stripping, mm-hmm. you're in and out, maybe 30 minutes, you know, the hen's name and maybe the girl that organized it. You don't really talk to anyone else. Yeah. Um, in terms of, you know, topless waitering, you're there for two hours yeah. Half your job is, you know, talking shit and cracking on with them. So mm-hmm. by the end of it, you know, you know everyone, you know, there's always a bit of flirting going on. It's like yeah. part of the job, but it's also just being friendly and having a good time. Yeah. So I think at least probably from yeah the girl's point of view, they 
read into that a little bit more than what it actually is. Yeah. And they're like, oh, he's flirting with me. Well, no, you're being nice and yeah. just doing your job sort of thing. So I think, yeah, there is a lot of a lot of attention. Yeah. Um, but in a lot of ways that makes it then easier to say no to that attention, you know? Yeah. If it was one person every now and then you're like, oh, I feel so special. Yeah. But because it's like so every much. every job, it's like, oh, I'm literally at work right now. Yeah. It's, you feel super disconnected yeah. from from your actual life to who you are when you're working. That's fair. I guess it's probably opposite to normal weight staff who are being flirted with, but the, the, um, I don't know, client, what the mm. person in the restaurant is, um, <laughs> what are they called? Patron is, um, you know, never wants to follow through. Whereas it's probably the opposite with you where everyone flirts and, and yeah. they want to follow They're through, but you're like, hi, yeah. I have a girlfriend. I'm just at yeah. work. Yeah. And I drop that. I drop that as well. Yeah. Like uh, if, if they ask, you know, are you single? You know, I'm never going to lie. No. I'm always going to say no. But at the same time, you know, if you, you do need to kind of lead them on a little bit throughout yeah. the beginning to get everyone up and ready and going and partying. Yeah. Know, so. That's fair. Um, now I did read on the Young Guns website, maybe maybe you don't do this because they're a Wollongong based thing, but maybe you do, that they also um, uh, hire out their strippers for like nude art classes. Yep. Have you ever done one of those? Um, so I usually uh, do the art teaching part of that one. Okay. Um, and, and so you kind of control where the class goes and stuff like that. And then you've just got the model in the middle. Right. Um, I've got one in a few weeks where I'm the model and the teacher. So you Oh, teaching okay. them how to draw and then you go be the model and stuff like that. Yeah. It is, Um, I think the ones that the Young Guns do is mainly a, a leafy light art. So it's one of the packages where you're nude, but you're pretty much covered with different props and right. stuff. Yeah. Um, it, it's one of the sort of tamer things that we offer for, yeah. for I don't know, people, you know, not everyone wants a full on naked stripper in their house for yeah. their party. A lot of people, you know, more reserved and that's fine. You know, yeah. we have a nice classy a few champagnes and yeah. a bit of drawing and still fun. Everyone still laughs. And yeah. yeah. It's good. And so yeah, whole range of things really. Cool. Um, now you put up a funny video a few weeks ago of sort of an unwritten rule about strippers having like no eye contact mm-hmm. during a stage show, which I can imagine is probably an important rule. Are there any other unwritten rules? For the strippers. Um, look, that was that was me. So that, that that guy that was in that video, he's the uh, he's the boss man. He, nice. um, he owns the company. Yeah. So he runs everything. And that was just a bit of fun. We we're just messing around. Yeah. Um, when we were shooting some content for our online virtual messages. Yeah. Um, that's. I mean, it, the rules all kind of depend on each each individual person. You know, one person might have an absolute no touching rule because that's mm-hmm. just how they feel, and then other person might not care and go touch my butt as much as you want who cares sort of thing it's just it all depends on the person yeah and and how you feel comfortable like in the way that they do it as well yeah um i think there's always you know with a female stripper there's mm. very clear rules yes um there's really no rules when it goes the other way around like girls kind of just forget that we're also just yeah. normal people and yeah. go go to town really yeah mums <laughs> mums of the hens my god <laughs> Haven't, haven't had a drink in a little while, I think, and then they just get very handsy. <laughs> That's hilarious. <Yeah. laughs> Got to keep your eye on them the whole time. Yeah, so. keep an eye on them. I'm in the corner. Yeah. yeah. But I've, I've only, I think I've only felt uncomfortable maybe twice to the point where I've had to go, look, you can't do that. Yeah. No, no sort of thing. So, and yeah. that's over seven, eight years of yeah. working pretty consistently. So that's pretty yeah. good. And is that sort of a... a 
do do the women sort of feel really awkward when they realize that they've gone a bit too far? Nah, I think they oh, they're a bit they, too drunk to realize. They're too drunk to <laughs> even care, and then they you know it's like a child where you like don't do that, and they're like oh, oh. this, and then they do it more. Oh shit! So it's kind That's of but yeah, got to give them a couple warnings. And yeah, then, I mean you can just walk out. Yeah, you can just go look. That's I told you no, not comfortable, and leave. Yeah, you know, you're. It's your body. You you, you yeah, have the choice. Absolutely. But then at the same time, I don't want to ruin the hen's night yeah. because of anything that their friends are doing and stuff. Yeah. You know, it's the only one they're gonna get, hopefully. So <laughs> hopefully. hopefully. I gotta say that. So. <laughs> you don't have like a punch card for yeah, however yeah. many hen's nights. Yeah. <laughs> um uh you mentioned the virtual stripping. So that's something you've been doing all the time or just now with COVID? Uh, it's just started during COVID. Yeah. Um was really just not not even needed before, not an idea. Yeah. Um, but it's it's actually been pretty cool, and it, it is something that you can just continue on even after COVID. So mm-hmm. we're starting up our privates again. Um, yeah. So I've got one tomorrow, and it's the first one back. But there's no reason why we can't, still can't do the the virtual ones as well. You know. Yeah. Again, there's some people that would want to do something for their friend's birthday or something like that, mm. but not want to go too full too far, on as yeah. well. So it's a nice little sort of medium in the middle or if yeah. someone lives overseas and you haven't seen him in a while send him a know, stripper send him a stripper yeah um, this we've actually um teamed up with some other companies so it's actually worldwide now this is That's in the awesome. uk um and america we've got boys yeah all through the europe australia yeah and america as well so yeah yeah it's good and is that sort of a, a is it a standardized thing where you say i want them dressed as a cop or a fireman or whatever or do yep. people sort of get to specify yeah, there's well, there's, there's different um, there's different uh, packages that are sold. Yeah. Um, so some people, you know, have different costumes to other people and all that. Yeah. Uh, but you get to personalize your message. Um, get mm-hmm. to say whatever you want. Uh, get get us to say whatever you want yep. as a message. Um, followed by you get to pick your songs that you you strip to. Uh huh. Um, and and then we put together a little package for you. Yeah. Which is good. Yeah, I mean that is it is good, but a lot of a lot of girls. Uh, they, they haven't been really thinking ahead when they order the package. <laughs> so they go, oh, what's a song they like? Not necessarily a song that's good to perform to. Yeah. So I had to do one to Love Cats by The Cure. Good song. Yeah. Horrible to strip to. Yeah. Absolutely horrible because it has no sexual beat, no yeah. rhythm. And you still got to strip for five minutes to this, <laughs> this weird song. So Well, uh, what I'm going to do when we're finished here is I'm going to order a virtual strip review and I'm going to make you strip to Barbie Girl. Oh, <laughs> I've, already got, I've already got it done. That's already done. It's in my back pocket. What about like the hamster dance? Uh, like, probably not. Just... I'll just stand there flossing. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, what do you think are the best and worst things about being a stripper? Hmm. Um... Honestly, I don't think there's that many bad things. Yeah. Um, uh, there's nothing that I really hate about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I get very, I do get super anxious before performing, um, mainly just because I worry about if I'm gonna perform well for them. I don't yeah. want, I don't want to ever leave and them go, oh, he wasn't that good. Yeah. Because again, it's it's not like it's a performance they go to every now and then. It's for a lot of them, this is their one. This is the last naked guy they're going to see before <laughs> the one dude forever. So, you know, you don't want him to ever leave not liking that. So I get, you know, a bit anxious before shows. Yeah. Um, but that's just me. Um, I, I know heaps of strippers that don't, um, mm-hmm. but I'm just sort of like that, I guess. Yeah. Um, but then there's so many positives about it that yeah. is just, I mean, you meet so many, so many people and being able to 
give that you know that one person a, a great send off mm. that's the best feeling you know yeah. knowing that you've you've given them all the girls such a good night yeah that's all i want that's really cool and it's interesting that you say like that your nerves come from wanting to give them a good show like i know a lot of performers it's it's more of a self-conscious thing of yep. you know i don't want to mess up i don't want to be embarrassed but i think it's a sign that you're a very good person that um your nerves more come from oh i want to give them what what they want and and make sure that they feel like they've received Mm. you know yeah i never thought of it like that but yeah i guess i guess that's true (laughs) it's the same as same as like getting nervous before like theater yeah you know it's there's so, so many other people relying on you yeah you know you can only do what you can do yeah you don't want people to leave going oh Everyone was good except for that one guy, which yeah. kind of brought the show down. So yeah. I don't know. Just, I just like performing. I want people to have a good time when they <laughs> see performances. You know, yeah. Not enough people go to live theatre, whether it's stripping or yeah. actual theatre, to appreciate. Yeah. You know what we do really. Yeah. Um, and speaking of theatre, that is how we know each other. Um, and hilariously, we met because we were in the Full Monty the yep. musical. Yep. Um, and it was actually your second time. Being in the Full Monty, you were, how old were you the first time? Oh, like 15. <laughs> <laughs> so you played um, the kid, I think it's Nathan. Yes. Yep. It's like a year or so ago that we've done the show. Yeah. Um, you played the kid and then you came back last year and you played one of the guys who ended up stripping. Dude. Yes. Um, how was that? Uh, honestly, <laughs> it was like kind of a dream of mine because when I played Nathan as a kid, watching all the all the guys get to strip and stuff, mm-hmm. obviously well before my stripping days. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of think that kind of sparked something in me because I always thought it was <laughs> such a good show, you know, so much fun. Yeah. I always wanted to like be one of those guys. And then that being also the last show that I did before coming back last year, um, I, I felt maybe it was good timing with, um, you know, meeting my partner and her encouraging me to get back into theatre mm-hmm. and then having the full Monty comeback round where I've already done the show so I know I love it. Yeah. I'm already a stripper. Yeah. And so it kind of felt like an easy way back in. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I didn't, I didn't go for one of the six guys. Yeah. I went for, for the pro stripper who teaches them what they need to do sort of thing. Yeah. And so I went for that role thinking, I can do that. It's nice, easy stepping stone back in, just mm-hmm. want to meet new people sort of thing. But, yeah. Luckily, yeah. got got given the chance to be one of the boys, and that was, yeah, super fun. And since yeah. day one of the read through, I was like, oh, missed this. <laughs> this is what I've been missing. So back in. Yeah, absolutely. And do you think, because um, obviously, you know, you were fairly comfortable during the strip, at, well, throughout the show, and then the big one at the end of the show, and a couple of the guys had been in the show before, and so had done it before, but a few of them were really nervous. Do you think that you being there? maybe made them more confident or less confident? Um, yeah, probably, I don't know, probably less confident, but I probably played into their role a bit more. Like, yeah. that's, that's what they were meant to be. So yeah. probably helped their performance just by being there <laughs> naked. So that's good. Um, but I mean, you know, however confident I was in the scenes where I got to take my shirt off and my pants off, yeah, you know, that was complete offset to, you know, the scenes that they were so confident in, in any of their performances and mm. singing where I was then the complete other side of the spectrum sort of thing, you know? Yeah. So I think it worked well. Um, everyone was so close in that show anyway that, yeah. you know, there was so much support. It was my first show back and was really, I don't know, struggled a lot throughout the rehearsal process, just mm-hmm. trying to play catch-ups and 
everyone is so talented in theatre in Canberra. It's, it's ridiculous. It's insane. Like, like for amateur theatre, there's a lot of talent fully, here. Fully, fully. And yeah. coming back in and going, whoa, I don't remember theatre being like that when I was a kid. Yeah. It kind of took me back a bit and went, I am not in the same sort of level and then mm. trying to keep up. But everyone was so supportive that it was just, yeah. I don't know, like I never felt never felt like I wasn't welcome or that yeah. I wasn't doing my job because there was just so many people there helping and that was really cool. How long had it been since you'd done a theatre show? Yeah, like 14, 15 years oh, since, Jesus. since the last Full Monty. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, so that was the last time. I didn't realise that. Yeah, so that was the last time I was on stage for theatre. That yeah. was the last time. I hadn't sung except in the shower for like five years or something I had to be fair there's very good acoustics in the shower. it was it was even the shower <laughs> stuff didn't sound great so Aww. it was like coming back in was like <laughs> was like a bit nervous actually in the audition i was because i was going for the other role which is non-singing yeah i rocked up and they're like oh yeah you still need to sing a song i was like but i'm not going for a singing role they're like you still you have, still to, have sing. to sing ah uh, okay yeah and luckily i did and then you know since then you know it's just singing every day just you get better yeah and you get more confident yeah and I mean, before that, I was worried coming into that show that singing so much was going to, I'd always have a sore throat because if I, you know, sing in the car on the way to Sydney mm. or something, I wouldn't be able to talk for two days. Oh, okay. Whereas now... You've built it you've up. you built you, up the you strength. You more and, stamina, yeah. yeah. I actually feel like during this, um, you know, the COVID shutdown stuff, I definitely haven't been singing as Same. much. And so when I start singing, like, oh, that doesn't sound as good as it, mm. as it used to. So, yeah, I need to start just on a daily it'll come back like so quick though because yeah. yeah i'm the same you know since since covid started and it's kind of forced us into having some time off of everything yeah because before that you know was doing you know shows where you're rehearsing three four times a week after yeah. work then on top of soccer and everything like that yeah. and working two jobs really had no time for anything yeah and since corona started just being forced to take a step back and sit on the couch yeah has been super super good for <laughs> my mental health for yeah. my like just energy levels like yeah. I feel I feel rejuvenated and refreshed and you know good to go but at the same time I'm you know shows have been pushed back because of everything mm. going on yeah which sucks for the community it sucks yeah. for theater but for me personally it's been good because yeah. I need to take that breather um yeah. and kind of get your energy back so that you can come back and yeah get back see whereas it. I sort of already took a little bit of a breather I last show I did was in July last year um, and then I sort of took a break cause I started doing stand up, and now I'm like, I'm ready to do a show again get back in. and there's no and shows and I'm yep. like, God, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Um, now you also have done a bit of acting. I know that you've done this, but I struggled to find it on YouTube. Mm. You were in a KFC ad. Oh, I was. And that wasn't really acting. It was eating chicken, which was <laughs> mad. The audition was literally, they asked, do you like KFC? And I was like, Yes. yes. And then you had to eat KFC. <laughs> and then I had to go to a callback, which again was eating KFC. It's like, this is awesome, man. If I don't get the part, this is free KFC. So That's true. Yeah, that was good. Um, I was in a, another ad called Chicken and a Biscuit. And that was like the OG. I can send you the link to that. Please do. And that was, um, it was like back in the day. Again, I was like 16 or something. And I had to eat these Chicken and a Biscuits and then burp out chickens. I'm on a bus and keep burping out these chickens. Yeah. And that was good fun. And again, it was like one day's work and it was like eight grand worth of money. Jesus. And yeah. So it was like, that was awesome. That was when I was yeah. living in Sydney and I used to add like an agent and stuff. Yeah. 
Um, I had a role on a TV pilot called Make or Break. Yeah. Um, so that was good. That was like a week's worth of filming. Um, it was like a it was like a drama Aussie drama kind of like Home and Away. Okay. Um, and it got to watch the premiere like of the pilot, and it was actually such a good show. But the the main guy, like the lead in it, who was actually um, one of the producers as well, ended up getting a movie role in England where he was from uh, after the pilot aired. So the whole thing paid. got shut down, which was Damn. like super frustrating because I was like one of the like you know break moments. Yeah. You know, after that, get that experience. You you've got that under your belt. Yeah. But that's all right. It was good. Good experience and yeah. Good fun. Yeah. And now, obviously, you're also an amazing dancer. Um, you have to be to be able to do the stripping, and you can do crazy flips. You did a flip during Full Monty, which made me scared for you every single night, but Same. you always pulled it off. Um, when did you start dancing? I actually started dancing before anything else. I started when I was young yeah. um, with a company called Quantum Leap, Canberra-based. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very good at um, – they've got, like, a very – strong youth uh, upbringing to get people into dance and theater and stuff. So I started that from a young age. Um, again, like I'd say I'm a good dancer, but the, the people that I know that dance are just phenomenal, like absolutely next level mm. um, sort of performers. So uh, they're, yeah, they're the ones that I grew up with as well. And you see them perform, you're just like, Oh, that is yeah beautiful to watch. You know, you're just entranced with it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I grew up doing that. And then again, stopped around when theater stopped and, mm. Did some in Sydney when I went to, because I went to Newtown Performing Arts. Yeah. Um, so I did some dance and stuff there, but again, was just, everyone was just out of my league, like so crazy <laughs> good that it's kind of like disconcerting a bit, you know, when you're like, I know I'm good, but like everyone else is just that much better mm. that it kind of, yeah, took took the spark out of it a little uh-huh. bit, but I'm back, so you back. can't really complain. You're back, absolutely. Um, and now, one thing that I, I definitely wanted to talk to you about, and I'm going to put a link to this um, in the description for this. There is a video that generally comes around on Australia mm. Day. Yep. Um, most people will probably know what I'm talking about. It is of somebody um, basically water skiing around a washing line, and then... Um, which is sort of set up to be like a, a slippery slide and then doing a flip, grabbing a beer, standing up and taking a sip. Uh, and it's normally captioned with meanwhile in Australia. And that is you. That's me. Woo. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun day back in Australia, yeah. day, like 2017 or something. So. Yeah. I remember like, I had seen that video before we met and I think just casually somebody brought up that that was you. And I was mm. like, what? Yeah, that went um, that went mega viral. It's huge. It it was like there was a, maybe about three or four main pages, uni lad news articles and stuff yeah. that it was on within like the first little week, and those pages had got up to like eighty million views on like each separate page. So yeah, it was a lot. Yeah, and my phone was like dinging because I'd get tagged in it anytime it came up. Yeah, I get tagged. I still get tagged in it, but like that first six months was yeah. just mental, absolutely mental. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't even remember doing it. I was, <laughs> I was so drunk. <laughs> so drunk. Don't remember doing it. I wouldn't really call it a flip off the end either. I, it's I, like a I roll. definitely rolled, hit it's my head, roll. stood up and drank the beer. But, but the impressive thing was you basically like halfway through the roll, grab the beer yeah. and then just like stand up and take a sip. Like, yeah. like nothing. Yeah. Happened. Me and my mate had plan- planned it. It's pretty good. Yeah. It was pretty good. And like, I don't know. It just, it worked really well. And I've had, you know, people... 
I've got mates that live in Europe and, and stuff and they call me and be like, oh my God, this random dude just showed me this video and it's you. I'm like, yeah, so. <laughs> oh, I forgot to mention you're also wearing an Australian flag as a cape. That's it. Yeah. yeah it's a very important detail yeah. that I forgot to mention yeah. there. No, it's a very Australian video. It's a good, I, I like, love that the caption is meanwhile in Australia. Yeah. yeah. Everyone, there was heaps of comments being like, oh, this guy, Captain Australia, this guy's an Australian icon. And like, I'm Australian, but like, I mean, I was also born in England. So I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, this oops, is fun. Yeah. But... <laughs> Yeah. yeah, how did it, did you guys intend for it to become viral or was nah. it just something that you nah. put on Facebook and then somehow it got picked up? Yeah, there was, um, there's a whole bunch of, so that was like down at Pine Island. Um, other dudes made it, I don't even know them, never seen it before. I was like, I'm definitely having a go at that. Yeah. Had it go and there was like a whole bunch of people just watching. So we're like, oh, what can we do to make it entertaining for them sort of thing? Got them to go as fast as you can on it, which actually had a whole heap of G-force, like, I yeah. was trying to stand up and like, I'm pretty strong, but like, I was <laughs> barely holding on. Like I'm surprised that I made it cause it was going fast. Um, and yeah, in no, in no way did we think, Oh, this is going to be viral. We just wanted to take a video to show our mates and stuff yeah. and put it up on, um, on blokes advice and mm-hmm. went to bed, woke up the next day. It had 30,000 likes on that, which is just like the one page. Yeah. And then that's, that was a private page. So then ended up just putting it on my main page and it got picked up by, yeah, all these different pages, news, news places had American Rosso calling me about like doing interviews and stuff. Wow. Had, um, I had like about five or six different, um, agencies calling me being like, Hey, we sell viral videos. So what you do is you keep the rights to the video, but if someone asks if they can use it, just send them to us. And they charge them and then they take a portion and give me a portion. So I got, wow. I've been paid for that video. Jesus. I made like over five grand for that video. Wow. But literally just, just having a good having time. A, and yeah. So Was it good. actually on Australia Day? Yeah. yeah. Australia Day 2017. Yeah. And I think they've, yeah, they've gone down a few, few times after that, but I don't want to go back. You can't <laughs> finish on top. You know how yeah. it is. So. Yeah. It's yeah. fair enough. Um, and you also started modeling recently. Yes. Um, how are you finding that experience? It's good. Um, again, Canberra. So yeah. there, there's not an immense amount of work as there would be in other mm-hmm. states. Um, but again, I love camp. Canberra's my home. You know, yeah. could pursue other stuff, acting and stuff outside. Mm-hmm. But uh, Canberra's my home. I, I want to live in Canberra. I love yeah. Canberra. Love my friends here, my family. So yeah. I'm happy to just kind of do it just for fun more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I've uh, been signed with Devoca and and great company. They've 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 got a lot of amazing people that do stuff in there too. And they've actually got a talent grid now as well. So it's not just modeling. They do like ads and stuff that come through Canberra. So cool. it's good. But again, uh, that was new to me. Um, yeah. The modeling, never done that sort of thing before. So just getting exposure and experience with like other different types of photo shoots and yeah. stuff. And some of the shots that come out of it are just incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I will say um, with these podcasts, you know, I've had a few of the people that I've interviewed have been friends like you and others have been, you know, people that I don't actually know who, you know, I've Mm. read articles about or something, but with the friends, it's mostly like scrolling through their Facebook and Instagram to find, find stuff, which was really enjoyable because you just put up a a lot of shirtless photos of yourself. So yeah. Um, it was, uh, thank you. Um, (laughs) 
You're welcome. I have to be careful going on like Facebook or Instagram when I'm at work. Yeah. Uh, in case you know I accidentally scroll past one of your things. Yeah, you and... never know when it's going to pop up. Yeah. Right? No. No. Yeah. I've got I've got them just ready to go. So you need to strategically place them every now and then. I can't go too many shirtless ones in a row. I've got to throw in yeah. some of my dogs. Yeah. Stuff like that. And then then another, another another shirtless one. So. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Um. And something else I wanted to talk to you about and. Um, it's a little bit of a tricky topic at the moment. Um, one of the things that I love about you is that you are a massive Harry Potter fan. So much so that your arm has Hogwarts on it. it does. And I don't mean a little Hogwarts. I mean around the wrist. Yep. You have an amazingly detailed Hogwarts tattoo. You also have the Deathly Hallows on the back of your neck. Um, Now, we're recording this on the 13th of June. It's about a week after J.K. Rowling's most recent transphobic uh, tweet. She has done a few before, but I think this one, I think, sort of got the most attention, I think, because it also came up during the most recent Black Lives Matter movement. Um how are you feeling about Harry Potter with all of this going on? To me, Harry Potter is separate yep. to the comments she's made. Um, you know, she doesn't raise any of those issues in Harry Potter, so I don't have a problem with Harry Potter. Yeah. Never will. Um, don't agree with what she said. Yeah. Um, if anything, I like Harry Potter more because Daniel Radcliffe stuck up for the trans community. I loved his He is his Harry essay. Potter, so yeah. you know what? Like, Harry yeah. Potter, you're saving the world yet again. And yeah. yeah, don't agree with her comments, but I never... I don't love Harry Potter because of J.K. Rowling. Yeah. You know, she obviously is the one behind it all. Yeah. Um, but, and I'll thank her for that, but, you know, not her as a person is why I love the yeah. magic that is Harry Potter. Yeah. Um, when I... Growing up, I could read. I just didn't. Mm-hmm. Couldn't read well. You know, in class, if you have to read out loud, there's huge anxiety, oh, you know, yeah, when that too. sort of comes up. Yeah. Never into reading throughout my entire childhood. Young adult, never. Mm-hmm. Got to about 18 and I was like, you know what, I want to read a book. Never read a book properly. Mm-hmm. want to read a book. Read the last Harry Potter book first. Um, Why? Well, because... Why? It was... It was, it was <laughs> It was, hang on, it was my, it was the first book I wanted to read. It, they'd brought the movies out one to six. So the, the book, the book, yeah, the last book was like, they weren't up to that yet. And I was like, oh, I want to know what happened. So you'd seen all the movies. Seen all the movies. Cause again, I grew okay. up not reading, grew up watching, I was always watching movies. Yeah. Um, and so it was, like, oh, I'm going to read this book. Read it. Took me ages as well. Like heaps longer than normal reading yeah. would take. Took me ages. And was like, oh man, this was awesome. And there was obviously so much in the book that wasn't in the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like even just reading the last book alone, you, you fully understood everything she'd been building towards. Yeah. It explains it very well. But at the same time, I was like, ah, oh, I need to go back. So I went back. Mm-hmm. Read the whole series. I was like, that was amazing. I read it again. I was like, <laughs> that was amazing. For ages, like I loved reading, but I was just stuck on Harry Potter. Yeah. And it took me a long time to break out of Harry Potter into something... Yeah. Else, and again, I mean, I wasn't like a massively confident reader then, where I'm like, I'm going to go read, you know, Shakespeare and stuff like Toy that. Story exactly. And, yeah. So, uh, you know, it took me a long time to break out of that, and now I read a lot of like fantasy, sort of like mm-hmm. dragons, Game of Thrones type type yeah. books. Um, but for me, Harry Potter is the thing that made that possible. That's really so cool. that's that's really why I love it so much. Yeah. You know, yeah, the story is amazing, but for me, it 
it's opened up just this whole other world of literacy that I, I never had before. Yeah. And I mean, out of anyone I know, I read way more than anyone I know. And it's not a Kindle, always a hard yeah, book. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't like reading it has to be screen. a book. Yeah. And uh, I just like collecting them then. And, you know, I'll put, once I'm done with it, put it on my bookshelf. Mm-hmm. They're all the books I've read. And I kind of look back and go, man, that's in like the last, you know, 10 years. I've read yeah. all that when before I'd never read anything. Yeah. And that's why I like, Harry Potter so much. Yeah. I find, because, you know, I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. You look over at my shelf, there's a square of my TV unit that is dedicated to Harry Potter. And for me, with all the stuff with J.K. Rowling, I agree that I can can kind of separate it and I can go, you know, I'm still a Harry Potter fan, but I'm not going to buy any more Harry Potter things, anything Mm. that the money could go towards her, which unfortunately means that I'm not going to go see The Cursed Child. Ooh, I know, one. I know. I've read it, um, and I actually know a couple of people in it. But um, yeah, for me, I'm just, I, yeah, I don't know. Mm. But See, I've already seen it. Yeah, and that's a that's a big call, <laughs> oh. man, because it is so good. Yeah, like as someone that you know goes to a lot of theatre, it yeah. is like even out of professional shows, it is next level good. Yeah. Like so, so good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a, yeah, we can see why. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? I already own all the books. I already own all the movies. I can rewatch those without any of the yeah. proceeds going, um, to JK Rowling. And I can still, I can still enjoy Harry Potter in, in that way. Unfortunately, I think there's a lot of people who can't. I yeah. have, um, a friend who is trans and Harry Potter was how he sort of um, found his place mm. and he's really struggling with yeah, the fact that um, this person who made it possible for him to yeah. find his place is now saying that he's not a he. Yeah. And kind yeah. of someone that he probably thought was, you know, on his side this whole time yeah. in his corner and then to find out that they're not. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be hard. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, now I do like to ask a um, random question Mm. at the end of each um, episode. And it's a different question each time. And so my question for you, Jake, is what is a meal that gives you nostalgia? Makes you feel nostalgic. Mm. That's a tough one. Yeah. That's a tough one. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I associate food a lot differently to many people. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't think I've got the same taste buds as most people. <laughs> I kind of see food as like fuel more than okay. more than like going out for a really good meal. I prefer to go somewhere that's a big meal yeah. and it's going to fuel me than and you know a smaller meal that is tastes incredible. Yeah, because for me the taste is sort of the same. Um, but it would always probably be uh, like most nostalgic would be like a green curry, okay, um, vegetable. Yeah, uh, that my mum used to always make growing up, mm. or a honey soy tofu stir fry that yeah. she'd also used to make. So yeah, she, my mum's vegetarian, my sister's vegetarian. I am not vegetarian, <laughs> so she, there was a lot of vegetarian meals growing up. But like, she tricked me and be like, "Oh, this is this is chicken." Yeah, and it was like tofu, and me as a kid just be like, <laughs> you "Tastes so tofu good." Was chicken. I was kid. Oh! I was kid. But now I love tofu. So yeah. That's, that's delicious. Tofu is amazing. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I love vegetarian meals, but yeah, if you get a vegetarian meal and add some chicken to it, <laughs> now you're talking. That's a that's that's bang on. Yeah, yeah. anything mum cooks really. Yeah, that's fair. I think for me, it's probably like a 
a roast pork or a roast lamb because whenever I went to my nana's house growing up, just would always we mm. would have a roast. And there was one time when I was in primary school, me and my mum and my friend Sarah went over to visit Nana and we were just like, we're just there for an afternoon and Mm. she cooked a roast. And um, I remember that me and Sarah were out playing in the backyard and Nana like pulls out this roast pork and mum goes, oh, didn't I tell you? Sarah's Jewish. And Nana just starts freaking out that she's just made this whole roast pork for this Jewish girl. Who ca- Sarah's not Jewish. Nah. Sarah's Italian. Classic She's job. not Jewish. And so we just came inside and Nana was freaking out. And mum was like, I was joking, mum. Yeah. It's fine. Good on her. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'd say probably a roast for me. Yeah, which no. I feel like is probably the same answer for a lot of people. Yeah. But it's, I think it's normally you know either a parent or... Or a grandparent, something they make, makes them feel nostalgic. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, Now, the one question that I ask everybody, the show is called Loud and Seemingly Confident because that's how I want to describe myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And I wanted to ask, do you consider yourself a confident person? Um, Yes and no. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm definitely confident in a lot of aspects of my life. Yeah. Um, But even in in those aspects, you know, I, I don't know. I think... I've got a lot of false confidence that I'm mm. easily put on, which yeah. kind of then forces me to be confident in a way. Yeah. Um, I think a lot with, of performers are like that. Exactly. That's exactly. partly mine as well. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I have a lot of body issues despite yeah. everyone thinking I have a good body. And that's just, I mean, I put a lot of work into it and yeah. work hard at it, but I mean, I guess a lot of people out there listening who you know go to the gym regularly and eat clean and train that hard you know that if they fluctuate even just like a couple of kilos they will really notice it themselves when others won't yeah um you know so i kind of like you get you get to the peak that you'll ever be Mm. i was down to three and a half percent body fat start of last year yeah or year before and i kind of see that as like that's the goal I need to be at. Mm -hmm. But that was, you know, you can't maintain that. So whenever you're not at that, you're kind of always looking Mm. pretty downly on yourself. See that, that both surprises me and doesn't surprise me. I think that that concept of people who, you know, like supermodels and all that stuff. But for you, because I know you as a friend, I had never seen that side of you. You have a naked calendar of yourself in your Yeah, they're all pretty good photos. Yeah. They're they're, they're the good photos, and I'm like, yeah, get them out there, because they're the good ones. Yeah. So that's really interesting, but I also, like, that's sort of partly why I have this podcast, is so that you can can see that those people who maybe think everything is perfect for yeah. them and, and they're the most confident person in the world is, is not necessarily mm, exactly um, for whatever it's worth. You don't need to Thank be you. body conscious, <laughs> but I understand yeah. that that doesn't always help yeah. hearing that from other well, people. For me as well. I mean, it, it's not, it, it's not so much everyone's out, out view. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's potentially then that one person yeah. that brings it down a lot. Um, yeah. And for me, you know, my past partners has really affected me in that sort of way. Mm. And, kind of always left that self-doubt um, yeah. that will probably always be there despite how much, you know, my new partner, my friends, whatever, pick me up. Yeah. It'll always kind of be an underlying issue for me, I think. Yeah. Um, but it's it's nothing that you can't work through. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, then in other, in other ways, you know, I'm really not confident while still putting out that, that false confidence. Yeah. Until, until I'm confident in doing it, 
I'm like get massive anxiety, you know. Mm. First sort of first rehearsals of any show. Yeah. I'm yeah, panicking hard um, until I've like got the songs down pat. Super panicky. I can't just like hear something and learn it. Yeah. Whereas a lot of people can, mm. you know. Singing is probably like my uh, weakest point in terms of performing, mm-hmm. and just because I'm, uh, I haven't had as much practice and yeah. and lessons or anything like that. It's kind of just self-taught. So it's um, especially then when you're singing next to someone, anyone in theatre, <laughs> and you're just like, whoa, <laughs> okay, you can sing. And then someone sings that you've never heard sing, and you're like, what the fuck? You can sing too. Like <laughs> this sucks, man. Like, can I just hang out with someone that can't sing incredibly sort of thing, you know? So that's, it's hard, it's hard um, being then that confident um, when you don't feel like you really should be that confident. Yeah. But again, it's, it's all something you just work on yeah. as well. And I mean, compared to anything else, I, I got nothing to complain about. So, yeah. yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming no on the Thanks show. It's been really good having you here. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. You can follow me on Instagram at Chelsea J. Heaney. That's H-E-A-N-E-Y. You can follow the podcast at Loud and Seemingly Confident on Instagram. Do you have any socials you want to plug? Uh, just my Instagram. Woo! Yeah? Uh, Jake River Henderson Fraser. That's my full name. Boom. Nice. Yeah, it's long. But it's good. <laughs> awesome. And if you guys could please subscribe and leave a review, five stars would be nice. But thank you so much for being here, Jake, and thank you everyone for listening. We'll see you next time. See ya.